Hi, this is Barbara Hale. You're listening to TV Confidential. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us as they bring us this week in TV history. All right, let's go to May 6, 1959. Raymond Burr wins the Best Actor in a Dramatic Series Emmy for Perry Mason, which he played a crime-solving attorney. The other night... I was at the Amer- uh, the Egyptian Theater mm-hmm. in Hollywood. They showed M, not the original M with Peter Lorre, but the remake of M from 51, I believe, with David Wayne. And Raymond Burr had a prominent role. It was one of many heavies. I mean, no pun intended, but mm-hmm. Raymond, Raymond Burr played a lot of villains very yes, early yeah. in his career. And he was once quoted as saying, the difficulty in playing a villain during that time was making them different because there were so many of them and they all seemed to be the same. So, And I know from our conversation with Michael Starr about Raymond Burr that he actually relished the opportunity to play a hero when he had the chance to play Perry Mason. Oh, yeah, and Perry Mason, I mean, can you imagine that was a blueprint for so many other legal dramas? I mean, there's people who love legal dramas today who probably don't know, you know, at least the television origin of, of, of these. Uh, did, did Perry Mason come before The Defenders, or? Uh, I believe it was two or, th- uh, uh, Perry Mason was 57, I believe The Defenders was 58 or 59. And, mm-hmm. and The Defenders was, uh, Robert Reed and E.G. Marshall, Reginald Rose. Re- and but there was also um, was it Hallmark or one of the uh, one of the playhouses did a live sixty one sixty one okay but because I remember Shatner was in you're the, right you're right Ray, yeah. uh, Shatner had the Robert Reed role in yes. one of the play in in like I think, I think it was, it was a Playhouse ninety, 90. yeah and so this was a two part thing live mm-hmm. and you keep in mind that I saw it from Kinescope. But they had no footage for flashbacks. So when they pick up the next week, it is just people in the courtroom um, muttering to, you know, jurors talking about the case, you know, which they're not supposed to do. Well, remember last week, remember, oh, everyone just kind of, you know, making their little side commentaries about what happened. And that's how they catch the audience the week before. Yeah. So, uh, so you have Perry Mason, which, you know, he never lost it. Oh, technically, he lost one. But, but technically, he didn't lose it because I think it was a mistrial. Well, evidence or? came in at the last second, which I think was then a plot line everybody stole. Yeah, but see, but but technically, he didn't lose the case. Yeah, you know, at the end, you know, he was he was fighting an uphill battle, right. but then a little bit of evidence came in at the last second. Right. So, uh, I mean, it's referred to as the one. Yeah. You know. But, you know, somebody came in uh, at the last second and, and saved the day. But I think, uh, fortunately or unfortunately for Perry Mason, unfortunately for legal dramas ever since, that became, I think, the lazy person's premise of having the last second. And, uh, well, uh, Andy Griffith, 25 years later, I mean, he, he was basically doing Perry Mason tailored for Andy Griffith when he did yeah. Matlock. He had a nice 12-year run. Yeah, yeah he, he, had a, he had a good run there, too. But yeah. I remember once actually being in court and the judge addressing that last-minute bit of evidence. Yeah. You know, uh, my cousin Vinny kind of had, uh, you know, his expert testimony, but, you know, it was more a last-minute epiphany. Right. Uh, 
but uh, I'm or, a judge addressing that. You know, it doesn't really work like you see on TV where or, somebody comes in with that last bit. Or, <laughs> or it doesn't work on TV with the defense attorney berating the witness on the witness stand to the extent where they break down and confess. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, in, in real life, they call that baiting the witness. So. Yeah, there's yeah. baiting, there's badgering. Leading, there's badgering, leading, you know, leading the yeah, question, uh, that kind of thing. You know, I'm just realizing that Perry Mason has been around, I mean, I mean since I've been around. I mean, that's always been a part of Three generations the landscape. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. The fun thing is, and we talked about this when we had Barbara Hale on the program a few weeks ago, there are... N- not only younger viewers, there are people in all demographics who are discovering the show for the very mm-hmm. first time. Yeah, and it's on Me TV, and sometimes they pro- today. they promote it with Ironside, but they also use it kind of as their noir block. You yeah. know, of of you know, at, you know, at, like after midnight, it's all black and white. Mm-hmm. You know, they start with the Twilight Zone, and then they go to the Untouchables, and and uh, all of those. Really, you look at some of these. These are considering what. Uh, Production limitations they had, yeah. budgetary technology, the way television was treated in the entertainment. So, yeah, you have some really good stuff, but yeah, I think a lot of the Perry Masons just kind of mesh together in our collective consciousness. Uh, we had Rudy on a couple of weeks ago, and my friend Pat pointed that uh, she had the rare trifecta. She did like five or six shows. She played a murderer in one. She played a sympathetic witness. I mean, she she played pretty much every type of character arc except of the victim on a Perry Mason. Wow. Yeah. That that is that That's that is good. a cool thing to have on your resume. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it was it was uh, it was at a time Perry Mason when television was morphing from the live uh, dramas like Studio One, uh, Studio One, uh, uh, Playhouse Ninety, and the like, to what some would call the golden age of filmed drama, where you had, you know, uh, if not straight anthology series, you would have shows like Perry Mason, where you would have a regular set of characters, but you had you had the need for various guest mm-hmm. actors every week, and so. It was a great time to be an actor, whether you're coming in from New York or based in L.A., because there was always a need for work. And how many would they have done in a season back then? Well, back then, they would do as many as 30, 35. Yeah, Amazing. so you, know, you, you factor that in as opposed to 19 to 22 Yeah, uh, you know, to get the, you know, the, the talent. Of course, at that time also, they had no problem of putting a wig on Ruta Lee and having her come in. No. Yeah. Uh, well, later on, uh, yeah, you. Uh, I think they relied a little bit more on the suspension of disbelief, and if you questioned it, somebody would slap you upside the head and say it's just a TV show. Yeah, but but because because producers liked once they there there are certain actors that certain producers liked to cast, and it didn't matter whether you played someone that we shot last year. We liked you. The audience won't think. Yeah, about that. and I think you know you had like you know people would jokingly refer to a Quinn Martin repertory company or a Jack Webb repertory company, just the people that they could always rely on. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 
888-786-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.